Welcome, everybody, to the Sports Predictor Podcast. I'm your host, Al Walsh, and we are brought to you by SportsPredictor.com, where professional bettors share their best plays. Get the winning edge by subscribing to the Sports Picks packages from long-term winning bettors. Once again, that's SportsPredictor.com. Also, make sure you give us a follow on Twitter, at PredictorHQ. Once again, that's on Twitter, at PredictorHQ. HQ. Tonight on this episode, we've got Derek from Hoops Insider. Uh, he's our guy over here at sportspredictor.com. Make sure you give him a follow on Twitter at 1NBA Insider. That's going to be Insider without the E on there. Derek, thanks for joining us. How's it going, man? Oh, man. Things are great. Had a lot of action today uh, to kick off the day. Well, actually, you know, throughout the week with the NBA trade deadline. And that is why we're here today to talk about all the shakings and movings that were going on. Uh, you know, just that the deadline here. So on a day like today, uh, you know, obviously it's come and gone now. But what is that like for you trying to handicap games and, you know, just stay updated on all the news that we got going on? Yeah, no, it was a pretty crazy day. Thankfully, I was actually uh, at home, uh, peace and quiet all day because I kind of got a little bit of a man cold, as my wife calls it. So I was kind of just resting today, you know, updating, you know, looking on Twitter all day and uh, kind of seeing it all go down. You know, you know, it was pretty, uh, you know, it was pretty hectic at one point. Nothing ridiculously crazy, but it was a fun day. There was quite a bit going on and action going on and some drama. So it was. uh, uh, it's pretty cool yeah just kind of of course you know twitter is uh i think the best resource you kind of get you know quick updates there and a lot of reaction and so it's a it's a good spot Woj bombs all over the joint that's right so uh i know you're a guy you know a lot of our pros here at sportsdirector.com they got their own models and everything so how do these uh wheelings and dealings how does that affect uh, your model and how you kind of go about business in that regard yeah, so for, well, for me, like I don't actually have um, a model actually. So for me, I'm more of a kind of qualitative better. I find my edges in kind of uh, the, in a subjective fashion. So my theory, my philosophy is that actually the books kind of set the line. They're pretty damn good at it, and then I kind of find the edge based on some of the information that's out there that potentially books aren't kind of aware of all the time, and kind of breaking down interviews and breaking down game plans and matchups and so forth so I don't have like a quantitative model actually I never have and I've been successful uh, handicapping the way I do but uh, in terms of like all the changes um, on, on a day like uh, today and in the next few games I actually really enjoy that because it's kind of at the beginning of the season where there's a lot of new teams a lot of new players and you can really find edges there because the books are kind of guessing and they don't really fully adjust sometimes to uh, different players moving Moving around and stuff so um, I, I look forward to the next few days because I feel like some teams will change their style of play or you know um, have uh, different players uh, be in different spots and so forth yeah that actually worked out for me today because I really like the Knicks at the beginning of the day uh, outright we've seen Orlando really struggle a lot on the back end of back-to-backs and hell you know we got it uh, got the line going up all the way to four for the Knicks but uh, I like them pretty much money line, but yeah, it was it was tough, you know, especially without Morris knew uh, that was going to be a tough spot. But you know, again, getting that uh, that bump up there and the spread was certainly helpful for uh, those uh, those Knicks betters like myself. Yeah, for sure, that was a good one. All right, so let's break down some of these trades that we saw. Uh, you know, pretty some pretty interesting ones. Some uh, they might have fall flat on the on the uh, Richter scale of the NBA here, but we'll break them all down right now. 
So the first one I want to get to, of course, that four-team deal between the Rockets, T-Wolves, Hawks, Nuggets. Uh, the big one there, Clint Capella going to Atlanta along with Nene. Uh, Nene's already been waived by the Hawks. Uh, Robert Covington going to the Rockets. Uh, uh, Minnesota going to get Malik Beasley, uh, who's the backup point guard there in Denver. Uh, Juancho Hernan Gomez, uh, Evan Turner. Uh, and the Atlanta first-round pick via Brooklyn all going there to the Timberwolves. And then uh, Denver winding up with Keita Bates-Diop, who's a nice little piece there for uh, to, for the T-Wolves previously. Uh, Gerald Green, who's not going to be playing this season. And, of course, uh, future Houston first-round pick. So, uh, do you believe that Atlanta wins the deal by getting Capella, or is there another team here that uh, that you like? Well, I think uh, I think it has major repercussions for both uh, Houston and Atlanta. I think Atlanta, yeah, definitely they got a lot better with uh, Clint Capella. I think he's a proven guy from all I hear is that he's a really good locker room guy, really good team player, really cares about winning. So I think he's going to be a good addition at, in Atlanta, and he's still fairly young. I feel like Atlanta is on the cusp of getting pretty good, but I keep yeah. saying that they're you know always terrible, but you know they're just not living up to expectations i feel like they're they're close so maybe capella will kind of push them over the edge of actually being a good you know playoff team because they got trey young they got john collins now they got clint, clint capella so i think that's pretty three pretty damn good players and john collins this will allow him to play you know really strongly at the four spot with capella at the five and i think that high ball screen that Trey Young loves to do and kind of, um, you know, come off and shoot deep threes is going to be pretty sweet for Capella because he's a really good pick and roll guy. Like he, he's been with Chris Paul, James Harden, pick and roll, alley-oops. Exactly. So I think him and Trey Young are going to be really good at that high ball screen. Um, in terms of Houston, it's uh that's a really interesting move by them. Essentially, you know, they're going to have like a six foot six starting center. Um, you know, it's, it's, uh, they were kind of I was really high on them preseason I really thought that they were going to potentially win the championship uh, outright win the ring this year yeah. but now I don't know it's um this is a really going to be an interesting experiment like I mean uh, back in the day I mean Golden State won a few championships by going really small essentially right their starting center would play a couple minutes right. and then he's done right basically, and then they kind of went with get their... his name announced in the start lineup and then hit the pond. Yeah, so they pretty much, that's how they played, and that's how they won a championship. They really didn't have, they won a couple championships, but, you know, they were stacked. I I think with Houston, it's, you know, Daryl Morey came out today and said, the GM for Houston came out and said, you know, this is kind of the way we want to go. We want to play up-tempo. We want to play small. We want to kind of play to our strengths. And uh, so uh, it'll be interesting. I remember two years ago, they had a horrible record without Capel in the lineup, whereas this year they had actually a really good record without him so they were like they're like 10 and 1 without capella so different season so maybe he saw something there so it'll be really interesting um yeah it, tonight so the line for the lakers houston game kind of jumped up by the total went up by like five points it's at 239 so it'll be interesting i think people are predicting a lot of high scores with houston because they're predicting like 60 three-point shots a game mm-hmm. which is crazy lebron even said that he was like i expect houston to come out and jack like 60 threes tonight so yeah especially too and you know i i was looking at that line last night and then you know i thought it was pretty interesting to see houston as only a six and a half point underdog now by the time everyone hears this interview you know it'll be you know the day <laughs> after the game so 
you know, we could try to play a little bit. I, and look, this could even be a playoff matchup, you know, so we could we could potentially talk about it in that regard, too. But, you know, looking at the Lakers, who, you know, you're going to have LeBron at 6'9", Anthony Davis, I think, what, 6'10", 6'11", uh, you know, you know, whoever's going to be the starting center, you know, one of the, the three that those guys or the two that those guys are going to rotate there. I mean, that is such a huge, uh, you know, height disadvantage there for the Rockets. So, again, even with the total, if the Lakers are missing shots, they're going to be able to put those right back up on the rebound if they get the offensive board. Oh, yeah. I feel like the Lakers are going to have like so many offensive rebounds. They're so big. They're so long. They're just going to I feel like they're going to score like 130 points tonight. Just them. So it'll be interesting to watch. For yeah, sure. I know. Even when I'm playing them in 2K, it's a pain in the ass, you know, and you know, <laughs> I can't even imagine in real life dealing with all that size. So, no, for sure. Uh, all right. So I, what about, you know, Minnesota is kind of interesting, right? So let's let's jump ahead a little bit in the questions that I gave you since we just talked about them, because uh, D'Angelo Russell actually uh, on the move to Minnesota. Uh, Andrew Wiggins going to be heading to Golden State in return. Uh, they're also going to get a 2021 20, protected first round pick and a 2021 20, protected second round pick. I think that's kind of a lot of a lot to give up for D'Angelo Russell. Me being a Nets fan, I saw his body of work. I think he did great. Uh, you know when he had the right opportunities, but. Uh, I don't know. Do you think Golden State made out better in this one, or is this better for Minnesota going forward with uh, Russell and Cat? Uh, I think it works out for both teams, actually. Okay. So, I, yeah, I think they're both going to – I think it was just a, a better fit for both players, to be honest. I think uh, Wiggins, I think he's going to do really well in Golden State. Like, I mean, in that – in winning in winning culture, I feel like if Kerr, Draymond Green, Steph Curry, Clay Thompson can't unlock Wiggins's potential, then nobody can. Yeah. Like that, that's Golden State. That's where you kind of players go and develop, and they're really people are uh, players are really embraced in Golden State and kind of um, really um, you know uh, trained and kind of you know brought along really well there. So I think it, I think you know in Golden State it's going to be a great fit. He's a good defensive player he's a good wing guy um you know three and d kind of guy so i think he's going to find his niche in golden state and do really well when it comes to deandro russell i feel like it just wasn't a good fit in golden state it was kind of weird um this year of course he was you know scoring pretty well but next year i i don't think it would have been a good fit i think you know he's a similar player almost as like as clay or even Steph in some respects, but he's not as good, and he and his defense is actually terrible. He's just not a good fit. But I feel like in Minnesota, he's going to be the man. Yeah. Um, him and Cat, like they're, the two they're good buddies top. too. Are they? Yeah. yeah. So, okay, I didn't know that. Yeah. So if they're good buddies, they're going to have good chemistry. It's going to be just like you know them two, the two studs, and then hopefully they're going to be surrounded by you know a lot of young players. Um, Saunders, the coach from Minnesota, loves to play up tempo. That's how he wants to play. And I felt like Wiggins was kind of slowing them down because he's not like that. He's kind of more a little bit of a nice ISO guy, stand in the corner, you know, defensive guy. Whereas I feel like Dandre Russell will kind of bring that Brooklyn Nets thing that he had last year where you know it was high scoring up tempo you know pace and space kind of thing so i think it's just going to be a really good fit for both players and a lot of players actually came out on twitter today and um specifically said oh wiggins that he's wigs is going to do really well in golden state that's such a great fit but you know good luck so it feels i feel like a lot of players even saw that uh, that's a good thing for wiggins sure so i gotta put you on the spot a little bit here are you familiar with the cap situations for both teams 
No. no not. All right, now because I was going to ask, because I know um, over the summer, D'Angelo Russell, Carl uh, Anthony Towns, and Devin Booker all said that like they've talked about playing together one day. So I wonder if this situation in Minnesota, you know, would be the perfect opportunity for them to do that. You know, obviously Booker would have to work his stuff out with Phoenix to, in order to land himself in Minnesota. But um, yeah, I, I, I thought either Minnesota or the Knicks probably would have been a, a good opportunity for the three of those guys to, to kind of go and do something. But uh, um, yeah, yeah, in that regard. And then too, I mean, you know, so you're, Next year, obviously, is what this is all about. You know, Andrew Wiggins. So you're going to have Curry, Clay, Wiggins, Dre. Uh, I'm just wondering, you know, anybody else that uh, that Golden State would be able to bring in to kind of get them back to the top of the world. I mean, I think they have enough. I think they, you know, <laughs> next year, you know, Wiggins and plus they're the guys that already were there that won championships essentially. So, you know, I, I feel like they're going to have enough next year once everyone's 100% probably by midseason. But uh, yeah, I read that today about Booker. And uh, so, yeah, I, I believe that, you know, Minnesota would have the cap space. Usually teams will have, you know, enough space for three top guys, right? Especially right. if they don't have a lot of other bad contracts. And I kind of, I think Minnesota, you know, wiped a few bad contracts off today, I think I saw. So I, I do think, yeah, I saw a lot of rumors about Booker potentially going to Minnesota as well. And that would be a pretty good uh, big three in Minnesota. Sure, sure. So, all right, so probably the most fascinating trade of the day. Uh, we had a lot of, a lot of drama with uh, Andre Iguodala there in Memphis not wanting to play for that team and then basically saying, all right, to hell with you. You know, we're going to the playoffs anyway. Uh, so here's the trade that we got. So Memphis, uh, so this is between Memphis and Miami. Memphis ends up getting Justice Winslow, uh, Dion Waiters. Hopefully they keep the gummies away from him. And uh, James Johnson, who in turn was traded to Minnesota himself for Gorgie Dang. Uh, now Miami ends up getting Andre Iguodala, Solomon Hill, and Jay Crowder. Uh, not, a, not a bad complimentary piece there as well. So uh, I, I know this should probably help both teams, but uh, if you – on the head who do you think uh ends up winning this one honestly i'm gonna sound really repetitive but again i love this trade for both teams it's so funny like i actually think that there's so many good decisions today for both sides and really good fits and again this was like the perfect situation for both of these teams the grizzlies you know essentially have their same team but they've added justice winslow who's like a young guy fits in with those other young guys i feel like team chemistry is going to be really good i love that grizzlies team they're gonna be so good they're cocky they're fun they don't you know back down and they're talented i feel like and young they're gonna uh, they're uh, honestly in a couple years they're gonna be tops in the western conference like i think like one of their oldest guys is jonas valentunas and he's only 27 (laughs) and he's still really sick he's like a double double machine so you know they just signed dylan brooks today jaron jackson john morant so it's just and their coach is really good i feel like um i knew watching summer league actually that memphis won the summer league and he did a really good job and i just felt like he was going to do a really good job in memphis this year so and even have a couple other guys like d'anthony melton who's apparent his like plus minus is like sky high he's just like a he's like a winner no one's really ever heard of him but if you watch him play he's like always makes a difference so 
And then the Grizzlies, to be honest, I saw today that they're not going to keep Dion Waiters. They're not, and and they got rid of James Johnson. So essentially, the two guys that I was like, huh, why are they trading? Why are they taking him on them on? I think it was literally just to, to try to dump them. And so, like I said, it's amazing for Miami as well because they get rid of the two guys that I feel weren't great for team chemistry. Um, I, like, and then now, so they're getting rid of the two guys that might have been, you know, bad in the locker room and. They're picking up Andre Iguodala, who's uh, you know a, a superstar in his own right, and you know playoff tested. He's going to be so good. He really fits that Heat culture. Like Eric Spolstra always talks about the Heat culture, and you know they're kind of like a lot of those guys are pricks, like they're assholes, yeah. like Pat Riley, <laughs> Jimmy Butler, and, and Andre Iguodala. They're they're like not very nice guys, and I think that kind of fits into the Heat culture. They don't back down. They're tough guys, and they want to win, and they'll do that by you know all means and uh those two rookies as well really fit into that mold tyler harrow and uh, kendrick nunn and even uh goran Dragic is still there and he's still playing really well so they're going this year um Miami, I think, is going to give Milwaukee a run for their money in the playoffs. I, I really think it's going to come down to those two teams. And I think Miami can even steal a series with uh, now Andre Iguodala there, like guarding whoever <laughs> whoever on Milwaukee. So, um, yeah, I think that really worked out for both teams. Like I said, the Grizzlies maybe in a couple of years, but Miami, I think they're ready this year to make a run for it. Yeah, I love that addition there. Obviously, Iguodala is nice, but Jay Crowder there going to Miami. So, yeah, they were talking about that the other night against uh, in the game against the Sixers, you know, just basically saying this is such a, a hard-nosed team, and that's the kind of guy that, you know, Spolstra wants in there. Actually, Spolstra, what I found was pretty interesting, Spolstra was saying that they wanted to initially draft Jimmy Butler, but they really needed a point guard at the time. They end up taking Norris Cole, but, eh, you know, l- lucky things turned out for the better there for him. For sure. All right, so let's talk about another team who, now I don't know if we're going to consider Miami a title contender, but for the sake of the argument, let's do so. Because we've got another title contender that made a deal today. Uh, The LA Clippers uh, doing a three-way tango with the New York Knicks and the Washington Wizards. So I really like this here where the Clippers get Marcus Morris and Isaiah Thomas. Uh, Knicks end up getting Mo Harkless, but they do get a uh, 2020 first round pick there from the Clippers and Washington gets Jerome Robinson, uh, just the lost man in this whole shuffle. So uh, what do you think about, obviously, you know, we don't need to worry about the other two teams in this, but for the Clippers, uh, do you believe that this gives them a little more oomph in terms of that uh, impending matchup we might see with the Lakers in the Western Conference Finals? Oh, yeah, like absolutely. I think even without Morris, they were like totally, of course, championship contenders. But this is a guy who's averaging 20 points a game. I mean, and he's not going to average that on the Clippers. But, you know, he's a tough guy as well. Won't back down. He really fits into that you know, Clippers mold as well. So uh, they're going to be a force to be reckoned with. Um, The one kind of question mark I would put there is like, you know, team chemistry they've had a few issues with that despite their amazing record you you wouldn't think that but in watching them play some games their chemistry is a little off of course they're trying to integrate new guys and you know they haven't played a lot together they've had a lot of injuries so it'll be interesting to see if they can really put it all together by season's end when playoffs come i mean it's if they do if they put it all together they have the talent to win it all for sure however right now today the lakers seem to be 
gelling more and playing a lot better together. And I think if it was decided to the, today, I would give the edge to the Lakers. They're just like a well-oiled machine right now. Yeah. But the Clippers, if they put it together, they're going to be really tough to beat. Yeah, and again, the Lakers defense right now is just unbelievable. So Unbelievable. Definitely. All right, so let's talk about um, a couple other moves here. I Oh, can... I just wanted to also mention sure. the other team in that that you mentioned the Knicks. I, I mean, I would be remiss without saying what a sad franchise that is. It's just so oh, disappointing. Makes me so like, happy. it's just so ridiculously bad. Like they kept they kept saying for like weeks that they were at they're adamantly not going to trade Marcus Morris. He's like <laughs> you know a keystone to the franchise, and he's averaging one of the best players. He can be there for the next five years, and they just dump him essentially for nothing for like a draft pick. You know that might not even be like a, a great draft pick. They're just so poorly managed that team, and it's just so sad because it's such a great basketball market. And it's crazy in the NBA how you get like year after year after year such terribly manage teams and people keep their jobs and I don't know how but then you'll have like these amazing teams and you could totally see the difference in the NBA you got your Memphises and Miamis and you know lately the Lakers and you got your just and Spurs of course but then you got your Knicks you got your Pistons you got your Timberwolves like you got just the teams that are just year after year and Cavs you know they're horribly managed too you know like of course they got LeBron but if it wasn't for that they'd be terrible as well so i don't know it's just so disappointing about the knicks uh, as a basketball fan i'm not even a knicks fan but just as a basketball fan it's just so sad to see them be so bad every year I, I, well as a nets fan it makes me incredibly happy smiling from year to year <laughs> jumping doing cartwheels up and down the street so I don't mind. although i went to the nets next game a couple of weeks ago and the knicks beat us so that kind of sucked but <laughs> that's not the hitter there. Uh, all right, yeah. let's talk about uh, the Andre Drummond move to Cleveland. Now, obviously, it's not going to have much of an effect on betting so much, but uh, a lot of people kind of wondering, well, why is Tristan Thompson not involved in this deal? The deal, by the way, Cleveland getting Andre Drummond, Detroit getting back Brandon Knight, John Henson, and a 2023 20, second-round pick. Well, well done for that haul. Um, oh my gosh. Oh God. So basically, yeah, it was essentially, Oh, go ahead. Sorry. Uh, no, so I was just going to say too, Tristan Thompson, likely, uh, out of Cleveland next season, you know, this is the Cavs answer to, uh, getting themselves a top flight center. But I mean, how does Cle? how does, uh, Detroit not get more for this guy? I mean, this is, this is just that talk about sad, sad, sad. There we go. It's a terrible franchise. Like, I uh, Detroit is a really sad. I've every year they're kind of you know on the cusp of the playoffs, and they just that team has just not had a lot of heart. And I think a big part of it was Drummond. I feel like he was kind of like always looked depressed. Like I mean, even though he was like this double double machine, I just feel like his body language and his leadership skills might not have been up to par. He's kind of like this quieter guy, it seems like, and just not very like he's especially this year he's been essentially sulking all the time sitting you know sitting at the end of the bench and you know there's like no fans in that arena uh -huh. i think it's like brand new it's like only a couple of years old and they get nobody there yeah. it's like so weird if i lived in detroit i'd go to some games i don't know what's going on there maybe they're just like a terribly depressed franchise no one even wants to go watch them but like the other game they were playing toronto and toronto was in detroit and it felt like a home game for toronto and this is detroit so people must yeah. have like 
like either traveled or anyway, nah, it was that, just that's a really embarrassing. Thing. Yeah, that happens a yeah. lot. They cross the so border I, all the way down there. Yeah, no, it's ridiculous. So I saw, I don't know if on Twitter, Rob Perez, of course, he's very well known. He said that they got rid of uh, Andre Drummond for a bag of chips and a roulette spin. Like, I mean, <laughs> they just... <laughs> and I said, I, I tweeted that they got rid of Drummond for $1,000 in lottery scratch-off tickets, nice, essentially. Nice. It's it, like they really just said, see you later, your $30 million contract's off the books. But you'd think they could have got like some young players or <laughs> more draft picks. Like this is a pre, you know, this is an all-star. Yeah. So they just dumped him. And Drummond actually went on Twitter and said, you know, um, you know, the one thing I'm learning in the NBA, if there's no friends and no loyalty. And, you know, I've given my heart and soul to the Pistons. And, you know, they didn't even give me a heads up. I don't know if he deleted the tweet, but it was up there today. So I don't know. It's just a really sad situation. You know, you got Griffin, who's really kind of not a great player anymore. And Reggie Jackson, who hardly ever plays, is always hurt. So I don't know. They're going to be bad for and that's another disappointing one as well, because, you know, they have the potential to be a really, you know, big market team, of course. So and then Cleveland. Yeah, that's going to be really interesting. Like Kevin Love and Andre Drummond I think it's going to be good for Kevin Love because he loves to play the four he hates playing the five so I think that'll be great for Kevin Love he'll be able to jack a bunch of threes and you know they have a couple you know younger pieces in Sexton and Garland so Sexton Garland Kevin Love Andre Drummond if you know they might not be half bad if Drummond is motivated and not sulking all the time which hopefully he will be but maybe he will be depressing Cleveland as well who knows the one question mark about Cleveland is their coach like I mean it's not the college isn't translating the NBA for this guy has been pretty embarrassing for him like I just I don't know if he's gonna last and that's enough Cleveland like what kind of decisions do they make with like their coaches and some of their players I don't know what's going on with some of these teams but anyway maybe I'm being too negative tonight am I no no that's that's what sells (laughs) man negativity sells (laughs) I'm usually a positive guy maybe it's my man gold here (laughs) Yeah, it's interesting, too, because, like, Cleveland, they have the worst record here in the Eastern Conference. I mean, obviously, if you're trying to uh, – although, I mean, let's let's be honest, too, with the, the new way the, – well, the NBA lottery, the way that it is, you know, you're not necessarily guaranteed anything being that worst team in the league. Uh, you know, we saw the, you know, the Knicks and uh, who had the Bulls just really tumble down last season, but I guess this is kind of the new thing now. We're like same thing with the Hawks where instead of, you know, maybe relying on that, that lottery pick, um, you know, they, they go after the big guy that they want. I mean, so these two teams, I mean, they did that in that regard, but um, just, just kind of head scratching moves here for sure. Yeah. A few of them for sure. Uh, We just saw Philly, uh, you know, get their tail kicked in by the Milwaukee Bucks here in the second half, but I did like some moves or a move that they made uh, by getting Glenn Robinson the third and Alex Burke or Alec Burks. Uh, Burks is a guy that I really like a lot. I, I would love for him to be on my team one day. You know, assuming all those injuries are long behind him. But uh, I do like this move for Philadelphia. Is it going to get them home court advantage in the first round? I don't think so. This is a team with a lot of issues right now. But I think that this is a pretty decent, you know, short term patch and solve job. What do you think? 
Yeah, I think it's, uh, I mean, the Sixers are another team I'm really disappointed in. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, like, they were so close last year, essentially almost made the, you know, the finals. And I feel like, you know, they should have taken a step forward this year, which they did at the beginning of the year. They were so defensively solid. Like, they were going to be elite defensively. And now, even lately, that's kind of gone by the wayside. They've just lost their identity. I think maybe they're they playing so well defensively that they maybe put too much emphasis on their offense and then lost a lot of that defensive identity. And now neither is playing well. So, I don't know. It's really disappointing. I think, uh, you know, coaching changes, uh, you know, on the horizon there. I, I feel like it, that's who's going to take the fall. Um, hopefully, Simmons and Embiid will be able to kind of work things out. I hear that there's some chemistry issues going on with those two guys in terms of like, who's the man, who's the kind of alpha and, you know, some jealousy issues between the two of them. So that's kind of the rumor out there. So hopefully they can kind of mend things and get together and, you know, and really make a push for it because I'm a fan of that team. You know, they have a really good home crowd and uh, they're fun to watch when they're playing well. But uh, I think Embiid tonight was like, I think the other night he was one for 11 in Boston and tonight I think he started out like one for 14 or something again tonight. Yeah, so I don't know what's pretty. going on with him. Yeah. And, and, Gian- oh. and Giannis uh, made him the first pick on his all-star team. He's probably like, let me get, let me get a mulligan on that one. Yeah, that's weird. I didn't think they were actually a fan of each other as well, so that's kind of weird. But, yeah, no, I mean, you know, they picked up these two guys, Glenn Robinson and Burks. He's okay, but uh, they're both okay. They're role players. I don't even know if they'd actually, you know, f- f- get some uh, minutes in the playoffs. I think they're kind of like eight or eighth or ninth or even tenth kind of guys. So, I don't know. I don't, I'm don't. i not big on either of those two players. I watched a lot of Golden State games this year, and uh, I wasn't a huge fan of either of them, but uh, hey, they might, you know, sometimes you change teams and, uh, and you know, it's for the better for both the team and players. So we'll see. Sure, sure. All right. We were talking with Derek uh, here. Make sure you follow him on Twitter at 1NBA Insider. No E in that insider. So it's going to be I-N-S-I-D-R. Um, also, make sure you give us a follow uh, at Sports Predictor at, well, on Twitter at uh, Predictor HQ. Uh, got lots of good stuff there. A couple free picks. I, I saw the other day, uh, all the insiders gave one free pick away. One one tweet. That was pretty nice of uh, David Duffield to do there. So that was great. Uh, any any closing thoughts as we uh, head down the final stretch of the NBA season? Yeah, no, I'm looking really for. I'm really looking forward to the final stretch. It's actually been a really up and down year for me. It's been like uh, uh, more on the downside. Uh, this NBA, it's been really unpredictable. Yeah. I don't, you know, especially with totals, and uh, so you know, I'm kind of you know hovering around even. But uh, usually, the my best time of the year is right at the beginning of the year, and all and like the last couple weeks of the season. So we're kind of heading heading there because I feel like by the end of the season you really start looking at, at you know the playoff picture and I, I think you can find some really good edges uh, down the stretch so I'm looking forward to kind of you know turning this ship around and having a really nice profitable uh, end of the regular season and playoffs Look, really looking forward to it love it love it alright folks you can find Derek and the rest of our insiders wonderful stuff at sportspredictor.com where professional bettors share their best plays alright we'll see you next time peace <laughs>